Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Monsters podcast tonight, another week. Oh my gosh, I feel so uh, like I'm back in the saddle. Got to ride the bicycle again. Welcome back in. My man Chris and Lucas held it down last week with a great episode with the NWO of Chicago Bears Twitter. And that was a great episode. So if you missed it, check it out on Spotify, Apple Music, or uh, anywhere you get your podcast. We are back for another episode of Chicago Bears off-season talk. Welcome into the Believe in Monsters podcast. My man, Chris Krogman and Lucas Berry hanging out with myself, Joe Gaither. And we are going to work our way through some prospects tonight. Check us out. Follow my man, Chris, Chris Krogman, at Shy Bears 1985 and Lucas at underscore 40 and myself at Joe Gaither 6 on the Twitter machine and the podcast at BIM underscore pod. Lucas Berry, great job last week. How's it going, man? Thank you so much for holding it down. Thank you, Joe. Thank you. Uh, we'll have to ask you how your scouting assignment went, but I'm doing well. Uh, episode last week was very fun, but now it is just the uh, the fantastic trio, us three back, to give you guys some breakdown of prospects. I'm sure by now everyone is, uh, I guess, sick of, of hearing all the you know banter back and forth about what the Bears will do. We will find out soon enough, but uh, we're going to hit some offensive prospects today, which will be kind of the first time we're doing this as a whole on BIM. You know, we've talked about it before, but this is the first time we're really focusing in on it. So this is going to be a fun episode. Joe, how are you doing, my man? How was your scouting assignment? Oh, it was a lot of fun. I got out there and saw a lot of prospects, got throughout the Southeast, went to uh, a couple of different uh, colleges to see some prospects for the Bears, uh, and we'll, you know, see if we they end up on our list tonight, but uh, it's great to be back in the saddle. Chris Krogman, father, sir, how are you, man? I'm all right. I'm all right. Keeping was, the food uh... on the table, Mr. Salesman of the Year, right? Almost, almost. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, dinner was amazing um, last Tuesday, so that was fun. Uh, top performer dinner. Uh, doing well. We are, whatever Lucas said, away from the draft. 23 days. 23, 23 days. days away. Uh, can't come soon enough so we can hear the meltdowns from every single aspect of Bears Twitter. Like, I think, I think we have a representative from every position group on the planet and it's going to be super fun to see that sect flip out when uh when we take like Bijan robinson in the, oh, at number nine no, no. Um, so that, that, yeah. i think that's the only move that could collectively make us three on this podcast freak out chris like that is the one move that would make us be like ah. and i like Bijan, but at nine no continue chris yeah no, that's it. Well, I, uh, I know Chris isn't a fan of him either. <laughs> I love, I love, I love Dijon mustard on my on my sandwiches. Uh, no, you, I mean philosophy is always one hundred percent. Don't draft running backs high because here's the thing: you're not gonna pay them a second contract most of the time, so you're like automatically giving yourself five years, and that's it. For or a, you'll a top, be the Giants, top ten pick. 
Yeah, or you have to overpay a quarterback and an average quarterback, which obviously we're not in that scenario exactly, but you put yourself in a tough position in order to franchise a running back cheap. Anyway, doesn't really matter. <laughs> I don't want to matter. Well, well, we got an action-packed episode, so you know why I mean. don't why don't we start with the uh, I guess the the kind of ongoing news, which is you know we went through the some of the pre-draft process, we went through pro days, we went through the combine, and now we are in the top thirty visit phase of things. Uh, Chris, I, Joe, I think we have the list here up in front of us. Bears top thirty visits. I mean, they've met with quite quite a group of people. Uh, some of the big ones are Jalen Carter, Tyree Wilson. They met with Jackson Smith and Jigba, Paris Johnson, Broderick Jones, uh, a few cornerbacks in there, um, a few tight ends, Darnell Wright. What do you guys make of uh, the list of guys that they have? Uh, they they've kind of brought in for visits. A lot of linemen in there. A lot of O tackles. It seems like basically all the whole entire you know, kind of first-round O-tackle class has been in House Hall. I mean, do you think the Bears are kind of tipping their hand? Do you think they're just doing extra legwork here? What do you guys think? Uh, yes. Going off last year, they didn't bring in any of their – they didn't draft any of their top 30 visits, right? Uh, so – I don't think so. Tipping their hand, who knows, man? I mean, you bring in enough tackles, and apparently nobody knows what you're going to do. And I mean, you still have plenty of other options that you can go with at nine, you know, at that they brought in, whether it's Carter or Wilson, you know, if either one of those guys are there, uh, they could go there. That would be, it would be super, it would be crazy if they took like some tackle that nobody wanted until like the second or third round and then took him at nine. I mean, I know uh, uh, Darnell Wright is on a meteoric rise throughout. draft twitter but if they took like a matt bergeron at nine that would just people would just lose their shit which would be funny <laughs> not funny i would not like that no but yeah, anyway that, that would be crazy well How- i did think well joe i i just wanted to say this i did think it was interesting today one of their visits was uh dewan jones the massive offensive tackle from ohio state and uh you know for all the talk of of scheme fit you know dewan jones he he moves well for a big man, but he is a, a gigantic mountain of a man who ultimately, you know, isn't isn't the the fleetest of foot, uh, you know, for this scheme. So I think that was an interesting one. And I was just going to ask, I mean, do you really waste your time bringing someone in unless you have some potential uh, intention of drafting them? Or is that just due diligence? What do you think, Joe? Well, I think you you bring them in because you ha- you absolutely have some interest in them as a prospect and them as a player. Something stands out to you on tape, or whether you or or it's a need. I mean, you see all these offensive linemen, and yeah, Dewan Jones may not be be the greatest scheme fit, but here's the other deal about it: you may not be drafting these guys like Chris just said. We we didn't take any of the, the, the top thirty visits last year, but. You're getting to know prospects, and then when these guys are turned over for their next contract, you're creating relationships in the front offices and with with these prospects. And not everybody's still going to be around, obviously, but uh, I think it's just kind of doing your best to get to know this class. Uh, I I think the Bears are kind of tipping their hand that they're going offensive line, but 
how sure are you guys that we're t that we're picking it at nine? I kind of think you know, if we're all playing gun to our head, what what are we doing at nine? And it's my turn to play. I think that the Bears are going to seek a trade down. So, the you know the rumor came out today that they talked to the Steelers about uh, their pick, or the Steelers talked to them about their pick, whatever, whichever way you want to put it. Uh, will they look for a, a trade down? It really depends. My favorite, you know, thing, and, and Gus talked about this last week, is, you know, oh, yeah, Darnell Wright is ranked 29th on all the uh, draft boards. Just trade down again. <laughs> and uh, you can't just, you know, if you don't, if you like it a guy, take him that way. Yeah, it doesn't work that way. This isn't Madden. This isn't, uh, a, you know, PFN mock draft or pff mock draft or whichever mock draft you're using and somebody's gonna like this dude work. at 13 or or whatever right or or the steelers trade up and take him and you're just like oh shit <laughs> that would be yeah i mean it, it really is you gotta have like a backup plan if you're moving back i mean you gotta have quite a few guys you like and really just think you know these guys are maybe an entire tier behind where you're picking currently or or whatever um you know, this, this draft right, is interesting. Right, right. Looking at the board, I think that from 9 into the early teens, like that 9 to 15 range, we could see quite a few tackles fly off the board. I mean, you got the Bears picking at 9. You got the Patriots in there. You got the Jets. You got the Texans. Uh, you got plenty of teams in that range there that, you know, might be interested in per protecting a, a young quarterback or, or whatever. So uh, it will be interesting to see how the Bears play this. Uh, Chris, you mentioned the the meteoric rise of Darnell Wright, and kudos to Bears Twitter. Actually, I mean Michael Gus has been on the Darnell Wright train for months <laughs> now. That's been his guy. Um, and honestly, I think you know he he does have really good tape. He, and he shut down Joe's boy Will Anderson completely, shut him out of the game when they played back. He basically shut out every major pass rusher in the SEC. I think the biggest knock on him is that. You know, back to the old uh, right tackle, left tackle debate. He's probably what is Gus see him as? I mean, he's a right tackle. He's a traditional right tackle, and it is what it is. And I think that's why he's maybe not as high on people's boards as Paris Johnson or whatever. Even though I think he's probably a better pass protector than some of these guys. But um, I think what I saw Gus you better watch out, Luke. By, by calling him a right tackle, he's going to be up in your mentions. Uh, <laughs> calling you dirty dirty words dirty dirty homophobic words so uh you know watch out now that and uh, darnell if you're listening to the, to the podcast that's at lberry underscore 40 <laughs> says you're a right tackle yeah drop him the soundbite dick eater <laughs> <laughs> what, are you, what are you gonna say chris before that i'm sorry i'm sorry <laughs> i have no idea no idea um uh well, I was yeah. going to say the other guy that's shooting up the, the Bears draft board or supposedly is Jalen Carter. Uh, supposedly, the uh, Vegas has the Bears as the favorite to land Carter at plus 250. A huge shift in odds. Uh, he's met with the Bears several times already. It really seems like Ryan Poles is doing his legwork here. Um, and I think I said this before, but when that, when that whole story kind of came out at the Combine, part of me in the back of my head was like, did Ryan Poles just leak this right now to kind of cause this and and whatever i mean it, it was going to come out anyway but that thought was in my mind and then here we are today and there's actually a, a, a potential chance looking at mock drafts and 
seeing how the board may fall, that Carter might actually be there for the Bears at nine. Um, what do you guys think about what is your appetite for that that type of risk, if you even call it that, if he's there? Chris, please go first. Chris, go first. I'm running in the card to the podium. That's yeah. a no-brainer for me. I'm turning that card in at 9.59 on the clock. Um, I think the risk reward is there when you have already traded down from number one. I mean, mm-hmm. if you're talking about taking them at one or three or four, the risk is much higher. You're talking about dropping down to nine. Uh, you've already added a bunch of capital and along with DJ Moore, the only real downside falls back on positional need, but you're not going to pass up like Hall of Fame talent just because you have a need. Uh, you know, you're not going to just say, oh, hi, Aaron Donald. It's awesome. But no, we we're going to go take, uh, you know, I can't even think of old boy's name. I was going to uh, Andrew Whitworth. Uh, let's take Andrew Whitworth instead. That sounds like a good plan. Uh, so, yeah, that ain't going to happen. Um, be interesting if he makes I don't think he makes it that far. That's my that's my take right now is he doesn't get past Seattle. Well, OK. You said Hall of Fame talent. And do you see it on tape? You sometimes see it on tape. Some You see it on tape sometimes. I wonder what you're getting. I wonder what you're getting as, as a football player a little bit with Jalen Carter. Now, the talent, whew, yeah, is, is there, is there. Uh, and you, say, you said positional need. I think positional need, that defensive tackle, that interior defensive lineman is as high a, a, a team need as protecting Justin Fields, as getting a solid offensive lineman, a starter, a starting caliber offensive lineman with that first pick, uh, which I think all of us are in agreement that that's probably where this first pick needs to land, is somewhere on the offensive or defensive front. <clears throat> I, I, I think you make a great point, Chris, about him, the, the risk factor dropping back from one to four, one to nine versus being at one or four. I, I worry about it getting the guy. I mean, this is a guy that says, oh, I'm not taking a visit outside my top t- outside the top 10. And look, you can say you can pull the De- uh, the Deion Sanders. Oh, I'm not taking your draft test, uh, New York Giants, because you're picking at eight, and I'm going to be gone. You know, okay, you can pull that, but you better play like it. And you got to say, oh, I'm not taking any visits outside the top ten because I'm not because I'm going to be gone. And I just worry what that says because if you're a prospect, especially right now, what the hell do you have to do? What the fuck? What the hell do you have to do other than fly to the thirty teams? If anybody wants to talk to you, set up the visits. Yeah, yeah, nothing to do but go see NFL facilities and meet people that might give you a job, whether they draft you or in four years or five years they give you a major contract, or in two years they trade for your ass. You know. I, I don't see any downside to that, but the positional need is huge, in my opinion, Chris. I'm tired of getting my ass run up. I'm tired of having ice throw right up. You know, I'm tired of having just like pistol right up your ass and not giving your linebackers any chance. Not because, because you have to get, give the linebackers a chance, whether you're eating up blocks or whether you're getting penetration yourself. Uh, it, it, the defensive front has sucked ass really 
since the final year of Akeem Hicks and Khalil Mack. Really, I mean, those two guys that were, were awesome, but their final year together was kind of subpar-ish, in my opinion. And then from there, the defensive line has just been, uh, uh, you know, we'll get a sack here, a sack, and probably be bad. Uh, I, th- I think picking him right there is good, but I ask you, if you've got Aaron Donald, you said Aaron Donald, Chris, which, wow, that's a big compliment. That's a big compliment. But if I give you Aaron Donald or if you or if I gave you Quentin Nelson or Zach Martin and uh, Peter Skaronsky, uh, what, what are you feeling there? Aaron Donald, bro. Like – no, yeah, no, no brainer. Well, I, I got a question for Joe. I mean, no, I, I hear what you're saying, but you got to answer me this. I mean, I, I do think there is something about the high profile college D tackle for the most part. They always seem like troublemakers. I mean, seriously, the best ones. I mean, Ndamukong Sue, huge yeah. same thing, same conversation. Yeah. Can you get him to play all the time? You one got another sack. one for me, Jeffrey one Simmons. Yeah. It's just all the time with these high-profile D-tackles. I mean, it's the same song and dance every year. They always fall in the draft, my, if, and then they get picked, and they're amazing. Like, every one of them fell because of issues in college. And then they go to the pros and get real coaching and, and face real competition, and they're beasts every time. That's why I'm like, this hap- it's like cyclical that this happens, that these insane D-tackles with quote-unquote character issues or effort issues just go to the nfl and dominate i mean the i don't know i i don't know what it is but i do think it's something to consider and to chris's point you're trading back to nine you're not taking a guy at one i mean at nine you're also in that range i mean the the talent drop off from like carter and anderson in this draft to the guys you'll take at nine is also a pretty big project so if even if you're taking a broderick jones or paris johnson you're still banking on a lot of things to go right for them to be really good at the next level. So either way, you're going to be taking a, a highly, highly talented guy who is going to need some coaching, or you're going to take more of a developmental prospect who is also going to need some coaching. So kind of pick your poison, but to Chris's point, I'm going with the upside and my, my comp for him isn't quite Aaron Donald. I think, but I think he is very much Jeffrey Simmons. I think that's pretty close. I mean, Aaron Donald's just such so insane. I don't know if I could ever sure. compliment anyone. <laughs> well, was, well, uh, I can't. Look at, there was a pod. Go ahead, Chris. Go ahead, Chris. Oh, now you're muted. You're killing me, bro. <laughs> I'm gonna mute your ass next time. Please. Uh, the there was a podcast I was listening to. It was probably Hogan Johns, where somebody on there said that. He talked to an NFL scout and said, Jalen Carter is the best defensive tackle he's ever scouted. Yeah. Well, look, I, I, I think you, it's worth the risk. I think you take him at nine. I do. But I just want to throw out some apprehensions there about the, if, you, if, you, if you're not getting on, if, I mean, if you're getting 100% of him, sure. I'll have. Hell yeah, sign me up. And like I said, he was probably my look. He was my pick at one, so he's got to be. He, why, why would it change? Uh, why, why would it change being at nine? I just kind of think that there's some apprehensions there, and perhaps some reasons to consider all other alternatives. But if he goes on the bo- goes off the board, or if he's still there at nine, and that's the move they make, 
it's going to take me about three, two and a half minutes to get over any of the character issues, and, and I'll be very, very excited about what he's going to be able to do for this defense. Well, Joe, to your point about I don't, him, I, don't, not- I don't feel as apprehensive about him with any kind of like character concerns <laughs> as I did last year about George Pickens. <laughs> Well, I was going to say the uh, the whole thing about him not taking top 10 visits is or outside of top 10 visits is weird. I think he's getting some bad advice from his agent. But that also tells you that, you know, I think someone like the Eagles or the Bears is like, if you're there, you know, you're the pick. We're not trading back. And like I said, around that time is when the Vegas odds shot up to the Bears. I'm not playing connector here, but I'm playing connector here. I mean, I think there's a little bit of smoke to this kind of this mess of the bears and Jalen Carter. I mean, plus two fifties, pretty strong odds that they think, you know, he will possibly. Did you already lay a wager, my man? You put $20 on it. Uh, I'm not doing it at this point. I think uh, maybe not worth it, but something else happened in the bears favor today. The lines traded Jeff Akuda for a fifth round pick. Chris, do you think that locks them into a cornerback in the first round? Do you think they're still open considering they have two picks? Didn't they just sign a bunch of corners in the offseason or do they, like they did of... sign they they did sign a few, but they do have an open hole now there. I don't think it locks them in, but I think uh, it definitely skews the the odds a little bit. Uh, I think what would you say, Lucas, the Vegas odds shifted to They're minus two fifty to take a corner now. To take a cor- minus two fifty to take a corner? Holy shit. Yeah. Wasn't it isn't it Witherspoon too was the favorite? Yeah, Witherspoon's now the favorite over Gonzalez, which I think is crazy, but. Nah, Illinois guys, they're, they're, they're awesome. You should definitely, and definitely take that. Definitely take that guy. Yeah. My big thing is this corner class is pretty deep. So, like, with the Lions, they could potentially take a Carter and then come back at 18 and take, you know, maybe the third or fourth corner off the board. But, mm-hmm. I mean, them or Seattle, I think, makes a lot of sense for for Carter to go there. But. I mean, this Okuda trade is yeah. interesting because I do think it kind of, you know, might make them more inclined to t- take the top corner off the board there. And that's that's a scary defense. I mean, honestly, that is – the Lions having two first-round picks is crazy. That's going to be a good team this year. Luke, I didn't imagine Car- Carter next to Hutchinson. No, that's going to be a nasty D-line, Chris. Didn't they just Ooh. sign someone, too, in the offseason? Or no? Well, they re-signed Isaiah Bugs uh, to a small. Oh no! They signed Chauncey Gardner. That's who they signed. That was their big signing. Bleep you, Dan Campbell. He didn't do it. (laughs) He's biting kneecaps, baby. Hey. Well, it's it's time for Chris's favorite segment now. The uh, the offensive line, which we've beat to death the past two weeks. I wish that weeks. I could make her see. He's just the lineman of the week. <laughs> we all know he can't block. He's just a project on the field. Is that Leatherwood song? Oh gosh, no! I got I I would have to think of some more demeaning words for for Weatherwood, some more dull words for Alex Weatherwood. I like him because he's a Bama boy, but he's just kind of yeah, when I when I think of Alex Weatherwood, I think of a stump 
I think of a, a hill. <laughs> I think of a mole hill. Do you know the Pokemon who is just like the the, the hill? I think he's just a stump. Or uh, yeah, that's kind of that's kind of what I think of when I think of Alex Leatherwood. And maybe I heard you guys talking about him last week. Uh, maybe you get, you get like I agreed with whoever it was that said, "Why didn't you give him a shot at guard last year?" Um, but I just kind of like a break glass in case of able to play except for center poorly able to give you a a, a heart beating body at all four uh, at all four positions but you know well we did have some offensive line news for the bears tevin jenkins retweeted that he will be playing left guard this year which is interesting nate david right guard center still a big question mark i'm gonna go to chris chris uh if the Bears take a lineman in the first round, say they Carter's not available and they go O line, who is the flavor of the week for offensive line that you would like to see in a Bears uniform? Ooh, that in I first would round. like to see. Yes. The flavor of the week. So are we talking like anybody that they've had in for a visit? No, just anyone you think that they would take. Well, I mean, the flavor of the week is Darnell Wright, but is Darnell Wright? It I changes think, uh, weekly. It does change weekly. Uh, that I would like to see, man, that's a good question. And they're staying at nine. I mean, I think, uh, or yeah, or, or you could propose a trade back and take a tackle if that's what you like, whatever. I mean, if there is an opportunity to move back slightly and and like, I would be happy with, with PJJ or Broderick Jones in, in any, I think those are the obvious, if we're staying at nine, I think it's, it's Jones. Uh, sorry, I just can't buy into the Skaronski thing. Uh, I, I'd be also fine with Jones or or Wright or or uh, uh, yeah, either wait Johnson, Jones or Wright. Yeah, that's my guy. Is it not, are you anti Skaronski because you know he's really a guard, and we've already kind of got that position with right and left guard. Kind of those are the two positions that we actually have some some starter there. <laughs> I thought you listened to the show last week, Joe. I got through most <laughs> talking to you. Weren't you out on assignment studying Scrolls and telling me he has T Rex arms, bro? <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. Because Paris Johnson Jr. is jealous of Peter Dinklage's hands, so I was not aware that he has tiny baby hands. Not that it matters. Apparently, it doesn't matter at all. Well, Joe, I mean, who who's your flavor of the week, Joe? Are you taking Skaronski there? Are you taking uh, the first lineman off the board? I'm taking I'm taking Paris Johnson Jr. first, and then I'm taking DJ Skaronski second. And then I'm taking uh, the Georgia boy, Broderick Jones, third. That would be the guys that I have. And, and yes, I mean, look, we, I think he, I think he is a guard. And that does kind of complicate your line. Um, I don't know. I think you just draft best players available. Uh, I guess I, I guess that's probably why I put Paris Johnson ahead of him because you you got to get yourself a tackle. Um, I mean, 
how much are we believing in, in Braxton Jones? I, I, I like bringing back Braxton Jones, but maybe I'm just sympathetic and I get attached to these players. Really, I get attached to these players and these projects just because they're wearing the Bears uniform and think, oh, this guy can improve and be great. I mean, I, 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 think, I think I think what I'd really love to do is trade back. I don't know. Let me pull, let me hit, hit my list again. And uh, to trade back to uh, – sorry, I'll talk about 10 at 16. That, that kind of makes sense to me. Uh, Chargers at 21. You know, I, I – I, yeah, I'd go, I'd go Paris Johnson Jr., Skaronsky, and then uh, and then uh, Roderick Jones as my three linemen in that order. Yeah, I I think uh, I'm a big fan of Roderick Jones. I know he's maybe not quite as polished as Paris Johnson, but I think the upside on that on that kid is crazy, especially as a potential future left tackle. But Joe, to your point, it really goes back to. I mean, really, I don't think Braxton Jones should sway them one way or another. I think Braxton Jones should be the guy they move depending on who they draft. Um, you know, if they draft Paris Johnson or they draft Broderick Jones because they think they can be an elite left tackle in the league, then, okay, Braxton Jones moves to right tackle. But, you know, if they are willing to say, you know, leave Braxton Jones develop for another year, then... Darnell Wright is a good fit at right tackle right away. So they have options, but to me, I am uh, sticking with what I've been saying. I like Broderick Jones the most out of this class due to the uh, the upside, the measurables, the toughness, the meanness in space. I just – I love that dude. He would bring some real nastiness to the – I imagine Broderick Jones and Tevin on the same side of the line out in space. Cleaning clocks. Yeah, linebackers and secondary good beware. Dar- Darnell Wright too is a mean, mean man. I mean, the, the Bears can have a chance to get really nasty up front, but um, let's say they don't take a tackle in the first round. Um, you know what? What do you guys make of the the depth in this class? I don't think personally. I don't think the tackle good. is good, but I think you can find some interior linemen later in the draft. I mean, Chris. Chris, I'm going to toss it over to you. How are you feeling about the uh, the depth here? Rounds two to seven at tackle. Two to seven. Um, yeah, there's some, uh, I mean, there's some interesting folks out there depending on, I mean, if you, if you do end up getting Jalen Carter at nine, I don't think you can pass. Uh, and it, what, what I was thinking about the other day, is like what happens if one of these tackles slips or falls? At what point would you be willing to look into trading back into the first to get, let's say, Darnell Wright falls to like twenty-five ish or or something somewhere around there? Somehow Broderick Jones does. One of these guys slips down to the the mid twenties. Would you jump back in or like even early twenties and give up that Carolina or? our own first rounder next year to get one of these tackles uh, to, to happen this year. But to your point, Lucas, or to your, you know, later round guys, um, I think Matt Bergeron from Syracuse is a guy that uh, could be taken in the second, third round uh, that would fit. He's got the athletic profile. Uh, might end up moving inside to uh, 
to guard at some point in his career. So, you know, but I feel better about that kind of risk, you know, the same kind of Skaronsky thing uh, in the second or third than I do, you know, at nine. Uh, Jalen Duncan's another dude from Maryland who has all the size. Uh, and I think he he's another guy that the Bears have brought in for a visit, and he's got, you know, all the desirable athletic traits and measurables and skills and things. Right. Joseph, what about yourself? Well, Joe, I have a question for you before you answer this. I mean, if the Bears do wait, right, they pick at nine, their next pick is until the mid, late 50s. I mean, Ooh. is that, Ooh. you know, is that a risk you're willing to take on, you know, a Matthew Bergeron or Jalen Duncan even making it that far? I mean, you're basically waiting almost a round and a half before you pick again. I mean, oh. that is kind of a scary proposition to be in that in that spot. You know, granted, you get Jalen Carter, who would be probably the number one player in the entire draft, but your uh, right tackle issue is not going away. I don't think if you are... It gets a lot more hairy, at least, if you wait that long. 100%. And to your point, Chris, you might need to trade back up. You are, I mean, you both hit, hit because the tackle class is not that good, uh, in my opinion. And if you wait and you get, you miss out on the top end of the second round, which should be us picking again at 32, but hopefully Cla- Claypool will make that worth it this year. Um, <laughs> if, if, you, if you get, if you get it, uh, if you get a good, good lineman, Oh shit! If you if you pass on lineman at nine, then you're really then you're really banking on hitting some guys late, and you might see the same. You might see what uh you might see what Poles did last year: trade back a bunch of times, and then in the fifth, sixth, seventh round, just take a, a kind of lineman. Oh, dude, <laughs> uh, you, we got to do it earlier than that this year. I they got to go. They got to go line with their first few picks. I think I know. I agree. Uh, well, let me throw. What do you think about your boy Tyler Steen? What do you think about your boy Tyler Steen? That's a guy I think they could potentially look for to play right tackle in that late two or early three round. I mean, he's ranked as a uh, Brugler's number seven tackle. Um, I've heard Brennan Thorne describe some of his issues as more permanent issues, but that his his floor is fairly – he has a decent floor. I mean, what do you think of him watching him there at Bama? He does have a good floor. He does. Uh, he's not going to be. He's not going to be the best player on your line. I don't think ever. But I don't think he's going to be the worst player on your line ever either. Um, kind of reminds me just as far as like the production, not really the player. The production. I think Cody Whitehair has been that player for the Bears. Never the worst player on the line, but never the best player on the line. So I think uh, I like Tyler Steen a little bit. Um, do I love him as far as being for the being on the Bears? No, uh, but he was a, a a really good lineman at Vanderbilt. He transferred to Alabama to try to get uh, some good looks and raise his draft stock. And he was, yeah, he was probably our best lineman on the team last year. Uh, He's a really good athlete too. Yeah, yeah, he was probably our best because the line sucked, but he was good. He held down his own. Um, and, and he's mature. He, I, th- I think he found some professionalism here at Alabama. Uh, I, I like him. It, 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 I mean, look, if we're ever drafting Alabama kids, I'll put aside anything that I don't like about him and be happy. Uh, so uh, that, 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 that'd be a move that I think would be okay, but I don't think, I don't think 
over a long period of time, Bears people would like fall in love with him. I think they'd say, "Yeah, he's good enough. He's all right. Yeah, you know, he's getting it done, but barely." <laughs> that that sort of thing. Right. Yeah. No, I think Chris, you you bring up a good point. Even if they don't trade up to maybe the end of the first round, maybe if they trade up to the beginning of the second round, um, and you know, maybe they get they got to give up a couple mid round picks or whatever, but. You know, like we talked about earlier, Dewan Jones is an interesting guy because he's he's again probably right tackle only, but amazing college tape, just an absolute beast out there. Um, that would be kind of like a a nice Darnell Wright type pick for the Bears um, at right tackle, but they would probably have to move back up in the second round to get him. Um, I mean, we brought up some mid-round guys there. Another guy I've seen picking up a decent amount of steam has been Carter Warren from Pittsburgh. He's probably a day. Uh, he's probably a later day two pick, maybe day three. Um, not too many people know too much about him. He's the, Dane Brugler's number nine ranked tackle. Really good athlete. Would be an interesting pickup. But again, we. Uh, we don't really have time for a developmental guy at this point. So it'll be interesting. I mean, we do, but there needs to be some sense of urgency to, to fix the line a little bit here. Let me throw a developmental guy from down my way that uh, might be an undrafted free agent. Kadeem Telfort plays down here at UAB. Six foot seven fella. Uh, didn't play a ton of uh, of football as a you know high schooler. Went the whole community college route and played here at UAB. First team All Conference USA for a year. Uh, you know had had a little bit of uh just just kind of a little bit of character. Just concerned, but uh, it might. I mean, this is just a total. Of let's throw some shit on the wall and see what happens. Uh, it would be a guy that I would like to see the Bears uh, give give a shot to just as a as a camp body. Could I have my I have my I have my throw my sh- throw the shit on the wall guy. Good, do it. So, Mister Jake Whit from Northern Michigan. Jake Whit. Jake Whit. Jake don't quit. Jake. Quit. <laughs> uh, he's like Sejo, uh Was he? He was a tight end and got pushed down to tackle because of injuries and then just exploded uh, and did very well. But he's only played 13 games at tackle. So it would be a definite definite developmental project. Uh, But he's got the athletic trait. He's very, very similar to, uh, to Mr. Jones, Braxton Jones, that is. Later, later round guy or potentially undrafted free agent. Yeah, and I, I think a couple other guys that have been mentioned a lot in the Bears Twitter community have been Wanya Morris and uh, Blake Freeland, both who tested pretty well. Uh, I know Morris had a, a solid senior bowl, which the, you know the Bears were coaching. He played right tackle at Oklahoma with uh, Anton Harrison on the left side, who will probably be a late first round pick, but. Either of those guys that also potentially fit what the Bears are trying to do. Um, enough about the tackles. Do you guys think the Bears are taking a center this class? I mean, we have Lucas Patrick on the roster and Cody Whitehair, who are supposedly going to duke it out. But do you guys want to see the Bears also draft a center 
you know, even later in the draft. Chris, I'm start did they get rid of the thinking. kid from Indiana? No. Who got hurt? He was hurt. No, they didn't get rid of him. He's still there. Doug Kramer? Yeah. Yeah, he's still there. Let he's him mix nobody. his ass up. Let him mix it up. The only thing I'm letting him mix is the Gatorade. Chris, are you drafting a center? Uh, it depends. Depends on where what we're looking at, where we're where we're getting them. I mean, if we're looking at that like 104 pick, maybe. If we're looking at like 133 and somebody fantastic, you know, drops, um, more than happy to uh, take a center. Um, I'm really liking the center class. Yes, areas. I mean, and you need a good center. I don't believe in Cody at all, as you, as I've made it very clear on uh, on this podcast. He cannot snap the fucking ball, Uh, so I don't want him to be the main center. Um, But. And Lucas Patrick well, sucks Lucas ass. Patrick sucks ass. So uh, well, yeah, the, I'm very open to drafting. Mustafer's not still on the roster, see, is he? Not? See, this is did, did, did this he, is the thing. Contract expire. Yeah, he's a free agent, and this is the All thing right, too. Good. Is like good. if if you draft a center, right? You're going to have Lucas Patrick and Cody Whitehair as potential swing backups, you know. And then you yeah. have two solid. You have two solid tackles in Nate Davis, Tevin Jenkins. You get a rookie center in there. And then having Cody Whitehair and Lucas Patrick as a backup is perfect for your interior yes. line. It's a lot better than Alex Leatherwood and Jatir Carter and and yep. uh, and uh, Johnny Appleseed from fucking Bumblefuck <laughs> University, <laughs> Division Three Championship winner of twenty two. Whatever. Hey man, that's Ryan um, Pace's boy. <laughs> I mean, who's your guy, Lucas? I mean, you like the class. Who's your Who's your guy? I love Joe Tipman. I think he's going to be a second round pick, though. Probably he's a he's a massive center. He's six foot six. He's only three hundred thirteen pounds, though. But he moves like a gazelle in space. I actually think he's the best center in the class, better than everyone's favorite John Michael Schmitz. But um, John, no, he, he, that's that's my guy, and I think uh, both them them two will probably go earlier. In the draft, but some guys to look for later are Ricky Stromberg, who is a local, another local guy, which the Bears seem to love. And they brought in for a visit. And uh, the other guy, I think, would be the kid from Penn State, Juice Scruggs, who would be a potential day three pick and would fit what they're trying to do. Juice. Juice. Bring in the juice. It's a good name for a center, right? Yeah, definitely not a bad name for a center. I mean, they have 10 picks, right? What, what's it hurt to, to take some linemen? Do what we did last year, except apply that to the first three rounds, three or four rounds this year, and we'll be cooking, I think. Ooh, Juice yeah. has got, the, uh, got that short burst, too, with the, with the, with the 1.79 10-yard split that Mr. Uh, Mr. Poles has a, has a hard on for. Yeah, Luke Weipler is another one, too, who I think uh, also fits what they're trying to do, and I think he snapped for fields at Ohio State. So, I think they should uh, give free agent Ryan Poles a shot at center. He might, have to go on a, he might have to go on his own diet plan that he prescribes for these guys. Is, that, is he related to GM Ryan Poles? Yes, he is. 
Oh, they're, they're one of the same. I would like. I would love to see it. Oh, oh one of the same. Oh, oh. Wouldn't you? Familiar. Wouldn't you love for him to just look around the free agent class, look around the class, and be like, you know what? Fuck it. There ain't nobody out here that can play. Calling right my own number, coach. There's nobody that can play right tackle. I'll do it. You just give me an extra five mil on the side or some shit on my GM pay. I'll do it, and uh, we'll, we'll get it done this year. So you know. Joe Joe jokingly said it earlier with you know shot throwing shotgun shells at at picks later in the draft. I mean, we did that last year. You know, Jatir Carter's still on the roster. Kramer's still on the roster. Do you see them taking a guard anywhere in this draft, or or do you think that that's pretty set? Other than Skronsky, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I think they're just going to keep taking. I mean, they have 10 picks. I think at some point they're just going to take whoever's the top player on their board. And When we get to defense, I got a wild positional question for you, but uh, we'll, we'll save that for a later episode, a uh, little, little teaser for you guys. Um, uh, I also like Tipman, dude. Like the, that big center, that would – That'd be legit. Uh, Dude, he is he is ridiculous when he pulls out in space. Whoa, pause. Pulls out. <laughs> uh, dude, just, uh, I mean, look at him running down the field. Like, the Wisconsin ran, like, this pin and pull play, like, multiple times, like, game, and he was just insane getting out to the second level. So, like what's your, so, so, so would he be trip. an option at, like, 61? Yeah. Yeah, I think he would be there. It would just depend on 64. Yeah. Third. Okay. Okay. After that, I think you're, you're probably not getting him. Nah, you're not getting him unless you move up somehow. But uh, Ricky Stromberg is very interesting to me. All things considered. So the interesting thing I was looking at, or or somebody, I think it was uh, the Hogan Johns podcast was basically talking about like the, the Carter, issue or whatever and if he's there at nine do you take him or do you take an offensive tackle uh in positional value was the argument that i can't remember dude's name that was on the show uh was saying you're more there's a higher chance that you find a right tackle in another on another avenue whether that's later in the draft or free agent cuts or something like that as opposed to a dominant three tech. However, when I look at like the, the, the draft class overall, I think three tech looks deeper or like more top heavy than tackle does. Is that, if that makes sense, would you guys agree? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So taking like a Paris Johnson or whatever tackle is your flavor at, at nine, and then circling back at 53 and hitting, uh, you know, Jervon Dexter, if that's your dude, or, um, you know, any of the other second round three techs. Uh, what's the other kid from Wisconsin? Uh, Benton or uh, Adebore, exactly. if that dude's there. Yeah. No, it's, I mean, it's definitely interesting. I mean, I think the big key is, is game wrecking, though. I, I like you're, you're never really going to find a game wrecking three technique unless you draft one early in the draft I, and right. get lucky. So it is, it is an interesting debate about best player available. Plus, if it's a huge need, so I don't know. I don't. 
I would have probably more questions about the Bears' plan at right tackle and free agency, but I also would be like, we got Jalen Carter, so it's it's okay. Do you guys think there's any risk that someone outside of the top 10 trades up for Carter? Not as I much anymore now that he's not visiting him. I think, well, yeah, I think, I think it, I, well, but you could have talked to him at the combine. You don't have to have a visit. Yeah. I don't know. I just thought it was interesting when uh, I was listening to uh, with the first pick and Rick Spielman was like, I wouldn't, if I didn't visit with the guy, I would not draft him at all and trade up for him. Like if, if you didn't talk to him after that happened, but you're right. I I agree. Well, they they could have talked to him because that was after it happened, but right. I agree on the risk trading up for him when, uh, you know, when, when you're unsure, you know, um, the only thing I'll say about Carter and the, and the play tape, Joe, that you said was, was does he hit fit the hits philosophy? And, you know, the rumor is that he does not. So, um, but Ryan Poles could just be like, look, make him fit it. Um, I don't care. You know, run him until his man boobs are gone. Um, but yeah, that's just a, just a thought. So, um, Center for me is essentially about how the first round shakes out. If it ends yeah. up being offensive tackle, uh, I think there's a little bit more diversity for the second round, uh, whether it's corner at 53 or D tackle at 53 or um, center at 61, 64. Yeah, I think it opens up a lot of conversations. If it's Carter at nine it really starts to pinch that 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 offensive line yeah you got it in the second you basically got to take a tackle there and then i'm assuming they're also going to want another corner early so yeah i mean you're kind of but then your your third round pick is also so close you basically have three picks all within 10 picks of each other i think so it is kind of an interesting range to to maybe grab tackle cornerback center you know in any order you choose there so I, this this draft, I mean, it's it is crazy having this many picks to kind of work through in your mind, just because we're not used to it. But um, there's other positions besides offensive line, cornerback, and D tackle. So no, Chris, I know you like this tight end class. It is loaded. Oh yeah, this That's is another position I would like to see the Bears address at some point. I mean, we signed Robert Tunyon. We hope to see Cole Clement extended, but. Tunyon is not a long-term. Uh, he could be a long-term option. What am I saying? But this is a good class to potentially grab a guy in round three or four that in other classes would probably be tight end one. So who do you got for me, Chris? What are you thinking there at tight end? Um, yeah, the second round is going to be is going to be super interesting. I mean, Michael Mayer is a is a probably a surefire. Top 20 pick, uh, Dalton Kincaid could sneak into the first round. Darnell Washington's uh, probably first round. Darnell Washington, I, mm, I, I think, think that could be close. Potentially four in the first round. Yeah, Musgrave, Musgrave as well. Yeah. Um, but I think, but who, uh, yeah, Schoon, yeah who, Schoonmaker and Laporta, I think, are interesting. Yeah, Schoonmaker's my guy. I love him. Um. Joe, you got a you got a hard on for a tight end. Well, you know, I I I think that 
I think you, if you wait, Cameron Latu is a good little tight end. You know, um, <laughs> he's not, he's not bad. <laughs> Would you say Boom. somebody next year? Should you go back to your your Georgia boy? That... No, the Bama. Well, yeah, shoot. If we if you want to hold on for a tight end and get Brock Bowers next year, you'll no. be drafting at one. No, we need we need Fashanu or Alt next year, Joe. I want both tackles. Just take them both next year. Can we get uh? Can we get Zach Koontz, the only uh, ten Raz for this year, other than Anthony Richardson? That no, that's your guy that. from Bama, though, Joe. What does he What does he do well? Cam Latu can, can do both things. Can block and and receive, in my opinion. Uh, now he needs to be more polished in both both accounts. He came to Alabama as an outside linebacker and played there for two years, and they switched him to tight end the last two seasons. Uh, he's a good little receiver. I mean, he's got his sure hands, uh, but he's not going to be overly, overly athletic. I mean, I think look at his score, uh, 4 seven, eight, 40. So, like, that's not incredible, but it's not terribly slow. Uh, thirty-two and a half arms. Or is there? He's talking himself into it. No, that's not terribly slow. It's kind of okay. Well, shit. You want to talk about you, Michael Mayer's four seven four seven even. I mean, and he's number one in the class. You got uh, who you said shoemaker? Now, okay, four six three. I love that. Uh, I don't know any of these tight ends outside of the very. Well, I'll tell you. I, I got a name for you. Man, he is a, he, my guy. He, he is a man, but I think he's stiff. Go ahead. My day three dart thrower. Yeah, probably day three is going to be Josh Wiley from Cincinnati. Uh, he's he moves really well. He's a four six nine forty. Uh, he's kind of like the uh, yeah. He, he's kind of. He's kind of like a slot tight end right now, but he's willing to block. So I think he has potential to be a Y at the next level. He's one of those guys that has a nice athletic build to him that you think you know could be projectable at the next level. And you know, in other classes, he's probably a day two pick. But uh, in kind of a, a super deep class, all the names you guys just rattled off. I mean, Brugler here has him as tight end eleven, um, which is interesting. But right in front of my guy Cam Watu. Yeah, but uh, Chris is Look, Chris Kuntz, is guy that Kuntz is like that's the dude. Like Coons is the guy that like we can develop behind Tunyon and uh, and Komet and be some beast. Six foot seven, two hundred fifty five pounds. What did he run? He ran a four five five forty and a forty inch vertical leap. That's insane. Zach Cunts from Kuntz. Old Dominion, Joe. Did you call him cunts? Shh. Dude, his his mock draftable is fucking ridiculous, dude. Can I say that like at the end? He's not lo- any lower than 61st percentile in anything, dude. Can I call That's him? That's his Z- weight. Zach cunts what on did the he... air tomorrow? Yeah, go for it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I would Dude. lose my mind. Oh my gosh. What um did he even Chris? No, I didn't even hear about this guy until the combine. Did he like did he dominate division one double A competition or is he just another guy? He's just another guy. He's under <laughs> He's just he's just got all the measurables in the world. But he I mean, you get him in like the like with that one thirty three pick or your 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 fifth round pick, 
Fucking dart throw, dude. I mean, the upside's too good. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like the first guy you mentioned, that Schoonmaker's my, uh, it's one of my favorite kind of tight ends that in other classes would be right at the top of the class, but it's just kind of buried a little bit here. Or, uh, you know, Laporta, because, you know, Iowa tight ends are a thing. So, interesting there. Um, the Bears Zach also... Hunts. That's what we need to draft now. Running backs or receivers, you guys Number like in the mid-round. With a nice pick. <laughs> Get out of here, Goodell. Uh, I like all the babies. I like Tank Dell because he's, uh, he's a shifty little fucker that can return punts. Yeah, his route running's ridiculous, dude. He had like 18 touchdowns at 150 pounds. His his get off is so ridiculous. Is like he gets off the line, gets off press super fast, even though he's he's a tiny person. Uh, and then Tajay Spears is my uh, running back. Yeah, I. Like. I I love Tajay Spears. That would be uh, that's a good one. Um, but I'm gonna change it up on you a little bit. I'm gonna go. My running back is gonna be Chase Brown from Illinois. Uh, he kind of does everything that the Bears. He kind of does like everything that the Bears want. You know, he's a, a pretty good. He's a great zone runner, and uh, he's a pretty good pass catcher out of the backfield. He's uh, it's kind of a nice three down back. I don't think he's anything spectacular, but he is a kind of a jack of all trades. Nice, nice, solid back for the team. I would not mind seeing them go after a guy like that. Um, and then the uh, a couple wide receivers I really like are the uh, Jaden Reed from Michigan State, who had a really good senior bowl, another local dude. Um, and honestly, one of my favorite receivers that I think nobody has been talking about is Tyler Scott from Cincinnati. Uh, he's, in my opinion, I think would be, I don't know what their plan is with Darnell Mooney, but he would be kind of, he's kind of like a day two Darnell Mooney type receiver. Um, he has everything you would want, you know, that Mooney gives you probably a little bit better route running. He is uh he's five nine one seventy seven. He ran a four three seven at his pro day, uh almost forty inch vertical leap. He's like I said, kind of in the mold of of Darnell Mooney, um, and a guy I would like to see on the Bears, but they would have to spend a higher pick on him. And uh, a guy I would like later in the draft if they if they wait till later is uh Landers from Arkansas. Do you know him, Joe? Did you ever see him play? Landers, he's like he's a gigantic slot receiver. He's like six four. He's got four three. He's blazing fast. Four three seven speed. No, uh, I cannot say that that stands out to me. Uh, where do you have him listed on this thing? Yeah, he's Landers. probably pretty far. Forty. Yeah, pretty, Matt Landers. This no. is a guy I'm saying you would take in like round six or seven. Is just like. A complete dart throw because he's four three seven speed and he's six four. He's gigantic. Oh, we love that. Um, I would Matt rather Landers. I would rather take. I would rather take uh, Keishon Boutte or Joseph Ngata as my later. Later uh, now, Boutte is your eighteenth wide receiver, so he's going to go earlier than that. Uh, versus Landers at forty, but Ngata, you have him at forty nine from Clemson. Uh, kind of gives you that big body guy, not as fast as Landers. Uh, he's a four, four five four guy, 
kind of a guy who never really lived up his college hype, but uh, just a prototypical mole. He's got a lot of uh, a lot of the uh, in a lot of the measurables. So I think as a later round guy, six seven round guy, uh, he makes sense. And did I miss? Was your little punt returner? Was that the K State guy, Deuce Vaughn? Did you say that? Is that who you said, Chris? No, I said Tank Bell from Houston. Oh, okay, Deuce okay. Vaughn is a is I'm an sorry. interesting one, Joe. Good. Yeah, one. Deuce Vaughn is. I would love to see him added to this roster because I think he's going to be a guy that's overlooked due to his size. His size is terrible for 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 a running back. What do I have? Uh, he's fifteenth on this board. He's, he's like Darren Sproles. Yeah, he's five foot five. Listen, oh my and, god! And he's he's one ninety, but he plays running back at K State. He had a great year running the ball, but he can r- catch the ball out of the backfield. He's dangerous in space. Good little receiver. A uh, good good returner. Uh, I think he's got real good. Uh, what, what was his forty? His forty. Oh, four five six. Slower than I would have guessed. Uh, slower than I would have guessed. Yes, but 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 I like his game. I like his game and, and what he might bring as a later round run, running back. I think maybe think uh, think Tariq Cohen esque uh, in a lot of ways. Um, yeah. Here's a few nuggets I found on Tyler Scott. Just as I was reading here, he's Brugler's seventh ranked receiver um, in college. His average touchdown reception was forty four point six yards. <laughs> That's absolutely wow. ridiculous. Ooh. And he says um, he adds intermediate value as a gunner on special teams and has Tyler Lockett like upside as an NFL receiver. So uh, I do think he's being uh, he's one of the most slept on receivers in this entire class. And, you know, if the Bears were willing to spend a, a third round pick on him, that that would kind of uh, that'd be pretty ridiculous if they, you know, if they wanted to add to that wide receiver room and, and give Fields all the weapons. So. He was one of the visits. So was Jay. Yeah, he was one of the visits. Yep. Uh, Lucas, I was just scrolling down to that 40th, that Matt Landers character. There's a gentleman, two spots up, Bryce Ford Wheaton. Oh, uh, I heard of him. Yep. From West Virginia, right? From West Virginia. Uh, Kevin, Kevin White. Kevin White's scary uh, flashbacks. <laughs> but he is, he's 6'3, uh, 221, and runs a 4'3, 8. Uh, so very, very similar stats to landers but uh, i'm not taking him because he's from west virginia and he's interesting. <laughs> so is so uh landers though both of them are like almost 24. oh way too old way too old and for a pfa old. absolutely you cannot have a priority free agent be any <laughs> older than 21 because you got to develop them i mean you can't have them at the senior citizen bowl when they're developing Oh, it's a dart throw. It doesn't matter. The ages are irrelevant. You're giving them one year to figure it out. Third, third rounders are dart throws, right, Joe? Uh, third rounders, I, I want to be more sure about. Sure. There's, 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 it's the NFL draft, man. There's no such thing as sure. Look at Jamar. Right. I, I mean, you're absolutely right. Of course. It's all a dart throw, but I think you want to feel better about a third rounder than a, a prefer, preferred free agent. <laughs> That is true. That is true. It's not. A, uh, it's not called a preferred third rounder. It's called a third rounder. 
Oh, what's the chances that and 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 what would be your reaction is if Goodell goes up? I've been fucking around, but if Goodell really goes up to number nine and says, "Well, the ninth pick, the Chicago Bears select Jackson Smith and Jigba," what's the what's our reaction there as a group? I don't care. It is what it is. Like I told you guys, I stopped. I stopped really caring until like that pick is made, and then you'll get my legit true reaction. Like sure. when they pick, like like I knew when they traded up to eleven that it was Fields. But until they said it, like I was <laughs> steady Eddie, and then went fucking nuts. And I've only had that reaction a couple times. It was Roquan, and it was Justin Justin Fields. So, um. We'll see what happens when they hit nine. When he he hits nine and and announces the pick, I'll you know, yeah, I'll film it or something and you get my true reaction. All right, I feel you. I I was gonna say I don't. I've kind of prepared myself for almost any situation I can think of, and I don't. Mm. There's not one that makes me really really upset. To be honest with you, like I really like Jason Robinson. Even that, because like <laughs> I would I would be pissed we took a running back, but like I'd be like we drafted a guy who has all like. So I saw someone say on Twitter, if you had to put your money on one guy to become an all-pro in this class, you'd probably put your money on B. John Robinson to just get the one all-pro in his career, but you still wouldn't draft him. So I was like, you'd be getting an incredible player. I don't know. I Yeah, that is probably the one guy that I, I just don't want, but would I be pouting and mad about it? Probably, Probably not. I'm prepared for anything. I still think a corner is a potentially high a potentially high uh option that many people are kind of I agree. thinking about. I, I could see the Bears loving either whether Spooner Gonzalez and I doubt both things get picked in the top nine, so isn't there an analytical study that's recently been done that shows that coverage has been more important than pass rush? No, you have to have both, or you can't have one without the other. But coverage being more important than pass rush is in terms of yes. in terms of uh, completion percentage and and basically uh, passing yards allowed. No, I think it correlates to sacks too. So just like having that extra coverage has provided teams more pressure just because it gives your lesser talented defensive line. Sure. More, more time to get there. I, 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 so if we go corner, I, I will not be upset one bit. Uh, I, I, I won't be upset if we draft Jason or Bijan, but I'll kind of be like uneasy about it. I'll be uneasy about him. You know what? Like what? Here's my issue with corner is like if it's to draft him to get that room to be a, a super strength, huh? Like, why haven't you? Like, what's the deal with Jalen? Are you gonna resign him? Are you like, is he in the doghouse still? Like, like what the fuck's the deal there? Um, it's, just, it's just, it's, it's, it's interesting, right? Um, would, would we all resign him? I would, I would. Yeah, I would. Okay. So. so I mean, then at that point, like, then we're almost back to like it's a position of strength already. You took yeah. a high draft pick last year. You know, you have you don't have the best outside talent there, but like corners a a, a position that could get cut. 
Edge is a position that could get cut. Um, so it'll be it'll be interesting to see what happens after the draft as well. Plus, kind of a, like it's a deep ass corner class, like you said, Lucas. Yeah. I'm basically at the point where the Bears are so bad that any player they add will make them better. So just, just yeah, I think staying at one and drafting Bryce Young or or, or <laughs> Stroud was the biggest fuck you to Bears fans if if there was yeah, one. But exactly, so we we traded we traded back that eased my nerves. Now there's there's not much you can do to me that will make me mad because I've the, the thing about this class is like like I said, a lot of it is just projection. So it's really Yes. Going to come down to uh, you know their scouting report on these guys and and uh, how they feel about how they can develop there. But we'll get into the defensive side of it next week. Uh, that is all I have for today. I think we're ready to sing the song, Joe. Oh wow! Uh, well, next week we'll figure out what the what the next flavor of the week is. I'll, I'll try to do a better parody for Chris. Uh, he looked like his he wanted his eyes to pop out at that point but uh yeah thanks for holding it down last week and we'll wrap it on up bear down chicago bears make every play clear the way to victory bear down chicago bears put up a fight with the might so fearlessly we'll never forget the way you throw the nation with your T formation, bear down, Chicago Bears, and let them know why you're wearing the crown. Go pride and joy of Illinois, Chicago Bears, bear down. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.